So recently in the news, we had the hostage that happened in Sabah where the hostage taker was shot dead by police, but it left a two-year-old scarred. So we talked to Jesse Fu, the clinical psychologist with Kin and Kids, as to how the trauma can affect children. Now for families that encounter unexpected dangerous situations or even sudden death of a family member, how do they cope with such trauma? First of all, when trauma happens, even if it's just happening to just one family member, it affects the entire family system. And different family members would have very different reactions to the event itself. Okay, So for example, if let's say the, the trauma actually happens to a child, then parents may react differently as in they, they may feel guilty about uh, what was going on and uh, what they can do to cope with the aftermath of the trauma is to be there for their child as much as possible. Okay, as a family, um, they want to provide a safe and secure environment for their child as much as possible. So they want to stay on a structured routine as much as they can. Mm -hmm. All right, they want their environment to be as predictable as they can. And the, the caregivers want to be with their children as much as it's possible. Okay, so avoid any unnecessary separation from their children to help their children to, to cope with the trauma itself. So no big changes. Yes, try to keep it to the minimal to, mm. to, to allow the children to get back to feeling in control again about their lives. Coming up next, Jesse Fu tells us what causes an unsound mind in a person to do terrible things. That's after Jason Mraz and Kobe Calais on Light. It's Mind Matters and we are with Jesse Fu, the clinical psychologist of Kin and Kids, as we talk about the psychological effects after the recent Sabah hostage. Now, Jesse, what causes an unsound mind in a person to do such horrible things, provided that no drugs are involved? I think, first of all, we sometimes we make an assumption that uh, people must be insane to do all these crimes. But unfortunately, the statistics tells us something else. The statistics tells us that 95% of a violent crime is conducted by a normal individual without any kind of uh, mental health concerns or, or any disorders. Yes, individuals with more severe psychological disorders like schizophrenia, they have a higher chances of conducting something more violent. Okay, If you put it statistically, it's about 10% of individuals with very severe psychotic disorder may act violently, all right? But if you put that into perspective, then you, you will only see about 5% out of the 100% crimes, violent crimes that are actually conducted by individuals with a diagnosis, with a mental health diagnosis. So violence itself is very complex. You need to look into a lot of different risk factors, like for example, individual factors, the person's personality, uh, whether the person is using any drugs, whether the person has any history of violence or any history of exposure to violence, or them being the victim of abuse themselves when they're growing up. Those are individual factors. You need to look into their uh, relationships, whether there's uh, a lot of conflicts at home, or uh, whether there's conflict if the person is married, or conflict at, at work among their friends. We need to look into the community factor as well, whether there's a lot of poverty, whether there's a lot of uh, crime, where the person is uh, staying. We need to look at whether the person is unemployed and we need to look at the inequality of economics. So 
there are a lot of different factors that contribute to whether why a person actually conduct a crime, a violent crime. We're still on Mind Matters with Jessie Fu, clinical psychologist with Kin and Kids. Now, coming up next, she will be telling us some tips on how to deal with overcoming trauma for children. That's after Backstreet Boys on Light. It's Mind Matters, and we're still with Jessie Fu, the clinical psychologist for Kin and Kids, as we speak about the traumas from the recent cyber hostage. Now, Jessie, you've talked a bit on how to help kids on how to overcome trauma. Do you have any more suggestions to help them on how to deal with this? Okay, first of all, um, children, especially when they're very young, they may not have a lot of language to express their experiences. So sometimes they express through their emotions and behaviors. So for example, they may cry a lot. They may be very difficult to console. They may be easily frightened. Mm -hmm. They may have difficulties trying out new things or going into new situations or new environment. They may even develop new fears or having nightmares at night or being very clingy to to their parents or caregivers. So all these behaviors actually show how the child is dealing or reacting to the trauma. So in order for us to help children who don't have a lot of language to express their experiences or even the ability to understand their experiences, then we need to use different methods to help them to cope. As family, as parents, the best thing that we can do for children is to provide them with a very safe environment, Mm -hmm. to allow them to express those emotions by not judging them, by not saying that you cannot cry, although uh, the event has already over, okay, or you shouldn't be so clingy. We have to be able to understand that this is a response to what they have went through. Okay, but if it's something that is beyond the parents that they can cope with, then seeking for professional help is extremely helpful. Seeing a therapist that who is trained to work with children who had gone through a certain form of trauma, um, they would use different ways of helping the child. For example, uh, they may use play as a way to help the child to express what they think has been going on. They may use art or they may use centre, different ways of more of a non-verbal way of helping the child to express their experiences, mm. to help them to process what was going on. Still on Mind Matters with Jesse Fu, clinical psychologist with Kin and Kids. Coming up after this, we'll be talking about PTSD triggers that's happening after Starship and Dean Lewis on Light. It's Mind Matters and we're still with clinical psychologist Jesse Fu of Kin and Kids as we speak about the recent Sabah hostage situation. Now, Jesse, how about later life? How can traumatic incidents like this take form? Will it take in the form of PTSD as well? Okay, first of all, like I said, different people react to trauma very differently. Some people may have immediate reactions. So you can see a lot of emotional changes that comes right after the trauma itself. Mm -hmm. Some people, because they're so busy to try to be strong for everyone else in the family, for example, these experiences, these emotional experiences may only happen at a later time. Okay, it can be weeks later or even sometimes even years later. Then the person may start to notice that I'm becoming uh, more angry as compared to what I used to be or I am always constantly on guard because I'm, I'm afraid that bad things may happen to me again 
or I may be very suspicious about my environment, about people. I may be very fearful of people leaving me because of the sudden trauma that happened. So all these experiences may happen right after the trauma mm -hmm. or somewhat down the road, right. okay? Or even sometimes affecting a child who grown up into an adult who had not effectively dealt with the trauma, it may affect their relationships with their partners or their, their family or, or people around them or their ability to, to manage their own personal life. For those who live with PTSD, what are the things that can trigger its onset? For PTSD, the, the trigger, it can be anything that is related to the traumatic experience. So it can be a physical sensation, it can be an image, it can be a situation, it can be just a topic of conversation. Mm. It can also trigger the traumatic experience again. So you, you may feel very strong emotional response to what seemed to be uh, just a very minor thing. Okay, it can be just a loud sound and it just startle you. So basically, when a person is experiencing PTSD, they will have a couple of different type of symptoms. One of it is intrusive, where they may experience nightmares, or they may experience flashbacks of the experience. Right. Okay, the other type of symptoms is where they would have avoidance behavior. So for example, they may try to avoid certain place, or avoid certain people, or avoid certain conversations, so that they don't expose themselves to those triggers. Thirdly, they may have changes, negative changes to their thinking and their mood. So for example, they may lose certain memories of the trauma. So they may forget certain part, certain important part of the trauma. They may have a lot of negative changes to their emotions. So feeling fear, feeling shame, feeling anger, uh, loss of interest in the things that used to bring joy mm -hmm. to them. So this is the, the changes to their thoughts and emotions. And they may also have a change in the arousal, the body reaction. So they may, like I said, they are constantly on guard. Okay, so very, 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 very tense. They may be easily startled, and these are, uh, or sometimes difficulties concentrating or difficulties sleeping. Mm -hmm. These are all changes in the body itself. We're still on Mind Matters with Jesse Fu, clinical psychologist with Kin and Kids. And coming up, we talk about whether therapy or medication is required to help with PTSD. That's after Celine Dion, Sada Watanabe, and Patty Austin on Light. In light of the recent Sabah hostage right here on My Matters, we speak to Jesse Fu, the clinical psychologist for Kin and Kids. Now, Jesse, would it require therapy or medication to help with PTSD? Um, it depends. Sometimes it requires both. It depends on the severity of the symptoms. Yes, uh, the psychiatrist may come in and prescribe certain medication to help the person to feel less tension. Okay, so that it's easier for them to, to cope with what is going on in their day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. Therapy would be helpful to help them to process what had happened to the trauma and also developing new coping skills about how to move forward and move on with their lives. So if a child goes through something as traumatic, not exactly like what happened in Sabah, but traumatic in general, it would be wise to go through that process? Yes, it's important to look out for all those symptoms because sometimes, like I said, the symptoms doesn't happen immediately. So the child may seem as if uh, he or she is still happily playing now, but at night, the person may have nightmares, waking up very frequently, or they may regress in terms of their developmental skills. So the, the, the child may start to have bad wetting behaviors, or they may cry so easily like a child. So all these signs and symptoms 
tells you that you may need to pay a lot of attention on this child to help them to deal with what is going on. We thank Jesse Fu, the clinical psychologist for Kin and Kids.